0: I don't like the term target. I would more so speak about potential gain for the workforce, for HR, for company culture, for the bottom line, for business Then hitting those targets. Because targets, oftentimes it makes you forget motivation and where the target is the end of the first place.
1: Welcome to the Mile Wide View of Talent Acquisition podcast. I am Mike Ginger. I'm your host. In a previous episode with Tom Zamzow and Nikki Simmons we got into what DEI&B can mean to an organization. Tom runs a consulting firm that focuses on communication and Nikki is a leader in DEI&B initiatives. They're based in Europe, so we're going to have an international flavor in this conversation. We're picking up where we left off with the subject of balancing the need for changing the diversity mix versus the current composition of the company population. Tom and Nikki, this is sort of pulling together some of the, the things that we've been talking about. Let's say you're on a path, you're working through some initiatives, you're balancing your slates that are going through, is it about the overall numbers or can that maybe mask uh, imbalances in certain departments? I'll just give you a, a concrete example. I had a, a client who was in the hospitality space, as you might imagine, certain roles were very heavily representing in certain demographics females and certain uh, nationalities. And so a company could look at that and say, well, look, because of this, we're this way, and yet you get to maybe other departments or other layers, of the organization, this, maybe this gets into the, the equity, the inclusion components of it, right? It isn't just about diversity, but it's about how carefully you're looking, not just at the whole, but at the pieces. How does that resonate with the two of you?
2: Yeah. Absolutely, I think the problem with having numbers and having quotas are also something that companies try, um, in particular at women, um, and it's really difficult in some situations. I know we have another example of you know the country that you're living in. Uh, you know, we're living in north, north yeah. of Europe. You know, we're not going to have huge amount of of different colors around and, you know, different of people, different um, heritages, all these different things. I mean, there is a lot, but um, it's not quite the same as other countries, right? So we have to be aware of those things. But um, I think the thing, with, I go back to the women's thing, and it, it frustrates me as well, because um, you feel like, oh, we're just putting women in there just because. Um, back to that that issue that we had earlier, talking about just putting someone there just because of who they are, rather than with their with their merits. Um, we do a lot of that, and so there is a there is a moment where I think you need to look at numbers and have them try and, and bring those percentages up, but also then you have to be aware of not just putting people in there because of that, um, and that's really a, a fine line to to <laughs> to be on. Um, But it's something that you really need to think about, um, that you're not just putting people in because of that. Um, Tom, I know you have something else on
0: this. Yeah, I mean, it really is quite a fine balance. And again, conversation, especially within the business about this quite regularly can already expose, you know, because you you can't monitor yourself with 100% transparency. Sometimes you will do something that feels like you're making a cognitive choice, but you're actually making a biased one but somebody else might be able to tell you, but only in a culture where you don't have blame or shame, Mm. especially on this very, very difficult scale to navigate. But if you want to look at, you know, are the numbers to blame or not, what I would do or suggest is to look at the diversity markers. So again, is it ethnicity? Is it it, it gender? Is it um, sexual orientation, religious affiliation? Uh, Within the talent pool that a let's say in an ideal world, well-trained TA team that can hire without bias or propose without bias, um, has put together and then see who is actually getting the gig at the end of the day. So, ah, right? do the people that get the gig, you know, does that reflect the original diversity of the pool that is sort of in line with what you have in your geography? Obviously, if you're a big multinational and you can pull employees from anywhere around the world, are you doing that? That's a different question, but let's imagine with a local setting. Um, But so does it reflect the diversity of the originally pitched pool? If so, fantastic. Um, Is the pool maybe diverse, but the same people get hired over and over? Because people love to obviously hire miniature versions of themselves. Um, There probably is a bias at play among the hiring managing team. Um, Or is the pool not diverse, um, though it really could be? Then maybe talk to TA people, which I would do in any case. Power to TA.
2: Yeah. And there's lots of options, you know, I think we get told a lot that there's, you know, especially back to LGBT community again, it's hard to hire them, but it's not because there's lots of opportunities, lots of companies out there doing a lot of work um, and same with race and ethnicity. There's target, you can target, you know, at the same time, you don't have to just wait for these people to come. Right. You can target, you can look at different avenues. You can, again, you can use your power of communication. I think going back to the start of our conversation is how you communicate about your company. And and again, that communication is not just a communication. It's actually embedded into your company. And even if you're not yet diverse and you feel you're not yet really fully inclusive, you still have to, you can be honest about it, right? You can say you're on a journey. This is, you have to start somewhere. You can't just like, Get it out of nowhere, you have to start with those blocks, you have to do little things and show those things then as well, right? Um, and that's, I think, the opportunity for for companies to do is go out and find and, and be proactive about it. It's not just going to land on your your doorstep.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot in that, Nikki, in the sense that it's a journey. If you're not where you think you should be or where you want to be, and those could be very different things, should be and mm. want to be, you have diversity targets, right? And you're working towards achieving those targets. Are those targets realistic? Meaning, are they, are they actually achievable? Because on the one hand, you already touched on, you know, do you have the right mix in the society? I had a client who, who wanted to have a more diverse workforce in their call center. They were in the middle of Rhode Island. And they weren't going to get the, the diversity they were looking for. It just wasn't going to happen. And then there's the the issue of well, as I said at the very beginning, you know maybe your goal is to be 50/50 of of uh, let's say male and female 50/50, and you're at 90/10. Well, how do you get there? Are you gonna displace some of the 90? Are you gonna let attrition take place? I'm just gonna throw this out there. Is it a fairness issue? And does fairness really come into it? Are you making a choice because you think you need to make a choice, or are you are you making a choice that's the best choice and mm-hmm. How do you balance that?
2: And be ready and, and solid in your reasoning for what you've done Exactly. As well. So yeah. be really behind what your decision is because then you're honest and then you're open and then you're willing to having those conversations. That is the biggest step is having those conversations and also standing behind your decision afterwards
0: again the diversity word it's the question it's what people are after they're looking only at sort of how many different people can we put into the banner on our linkedin profile mm-hmm. that's representing our organization but it doesn't speak to uh, is their mindset change is there excitement is there an awareness of the diversity of opinion and that to be uh, a competitive edge because we can talk obviously I'm going to just not talk about nonprofits for a second. I will just talk about business, but business needs to make money. And I think it's not a bad motivator to look into this. Follow the science, follow the studies. You will see that, as you mentioned, these businesses are more successful mm-hmm. and they're better at storytelling because the stories will stick and people will believe in the theme. I don't like the term target. Yes, you have certain geographies where systematic. Repression against certain groups has sort of edged them out of mm-hmm. the workforce, especially in that more higher paying issue of the workforce. In blended workforces where you have biases that tip the scale, I would more so speak about a potential gain for the bottom line for business than hitting those targets. Because target, oftentimes it makes you forget motivation and why the target is in the first place.
1: The target yeah. becomes the thing as opposed to yeah. the underlying intention
2: which turns yeah. out you're not going to be inclusive because you know, it's not <laughs>
1: yeah bad. that's right it's yeah. Not be diverse work. but you won't you, you might be diverse but you wouldn't be inclusive no could <laughs> uh, I'm not putting you on the spot here because I know you know the two of you where you're coming from um, in, in terms of organizationally d- does technology help us here are there are there tools and I'm not asking you to name tools but you just in the kind of things that you're seeing, are you seeing that the technology is is assisting in this process, or are are we yet to the point where uh, we can we can depend on technology to, to help us be more successful?
0: I mean, maybe this is also a good moment because you mentioned Nikki and I are both you know we're cost-driven people that we work in the communication space. We're not TA people ourselves, yeah. but. Um, through having conducted countless interviews with talent acquisition people, because this matters to us as employees um, and seeing fellow humans having such a struggle with their own career development, um, including TA questions. That's why we launched the Hire Career podcast last year to explore some of the mechanics of how do people get jobs and keep jobs and get promoted where they are or want to leave a job in style sort of, you know, and through these interviews, I think the, evil robot question came up quite a bit so you know the applicant tracking system you send an application into the ether yeah. and for some mysterious reason you think <laughs> you're a perfect fit you get the automated message that says thank you very much for your candidacy while your uh background and skill sets are impressive at this moment in time we can't take your application any further don't be disheartened and, and, and you know you how you know how it goes and you wonder <laughs> wow and why now, you and I, actually, Michael, we did an episode on exploring this concept um, of the, the applicant tracking system, the ATS. In the diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging domain, I think they play a very powerful role as a original filter. Because talent acquisition, obviously, they look for applicants. They do sort of like a bit of hand-hunting things. But they also manage the inflow of uh, of applications that come as a result of the job posting. In my mind, and we sort of we discussed a bit earlier about what technology could do and try to come up with some kind of formulation for the hiring process that might, you know, remove bias as much as possible. It the first filter for us could and should possibly be merit because you want to hire somebody that can get the job done that can do it mm. that's like the first filtration and i think technology can be brilliant with that at looking at merit without looking at a name without looking at an image yeah. without looking at where somebody from it looks at skill set and i think this is really cool and secondly i would say potential if then you know the interview process continues and technology has done its job and has provided you with a unbiased playing field a pool of candidates from the original source pool of applicants or people that TA has brought in. Uh, The next thing could be potential to enrich culture. Like, can these people laugh with us? Are we flowing? Are we on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. with the team that we want to be recruited into because it is so critical for contentment on the job? You want to be excited to show up because you're also excited to be surrounded by these people and work on this product. And then we thought that placing this diversity, equity, inclusion, marker question at the end would be not a bad idea and i'm not saying when every, anything is equal get the person that you know fits the statistic the best what we're trying to say is look at what your business also needs you know if your business is marketing predominantly feminine hygiene products okay but you're currently just missing a hispanic person that happens to be a man on your team i would still suggest to hire the woman because she knows what this is about and she is a user of the product so think about what the business needs in terms of diversity yeah. and is there somebody from the diverse from the pool that is in front of you that can talk about that and if it's a neutral issue then see is there somebody with a unique perspective whether it's experience or D I N B. You know, and this is, I think, in a a standard protocol while doing bias trainings, um, how you can try and remove it as much as possible, by starting with merit and then leaving these diversity equity inclusion markers
1: until the end. Let's take a short break from this conversation and talk about dealing with business problems. I've known Adrian Wolcock for a number of years. He's the managing principal of Presidian Consulting, where they look at their work from the lens of what it takes to get things done, whether for enterprise or government, Procidian Consulting brings the best talent to areas like risk management, compliance, business process, IT effectiveness, engineering, sustainability, and human capital. They work from a solution-centric approach. They work locally and globally, all with an eye on solving problems and improving client operations. You can find them on the web at www.procidian.com. And now back to our show. I just pause to think about the sort of the inherent complexity of, of mm. what we're talking about in, in terms of how the organization works. I'm going to wrap this up a little bit. What are the things, and, and if you can think of three of them, what are the three things that companies should do to advance DEI and B, And what are the three things that they shouldn't do when it comes to talent acquisition, talent management? Are, are, there, are there specific tips that we can leave people with?
2: Hmm. I think the first thing (laughs) to do is language, look at your language, check your language, um, make sure that, especially when you're putting out your job description, so this is really for the TAs that are listening, um, ensure that the language is correct. I've heard of a great story where they're trying to get more women and what they did was they just changed the job description and changed quite a few words and suddenly they had loads of women apply. And they ended up having three women in the top three. So language is really, really important um, because if you get that right, people will apply. And it goes all the way down to even just on your website as well, on your company website too. make sure that's matching, make sure everything is matching, aligned. We're coming from communications. Make sure that it's not one thing here and another thing there, especially when you're talking about pronouns and your gender identity, um, especially those things and um, ensure that your language is correct.
0: Okay, step two of what you should do, once language is obviously established, I want to say wherever you are, um, engage in this conversation, even if you don't have a specific case in front of you where you think there's a lack of awareness, just check in, see if you see diversity around you, see if you have a diversity of opinion or do you feel you're sort of driving this monosyllabic, it's start and finish the project train. And especially this also goes for TA, understand the universe in which you operate and in which you work. So look at the company that you already have, look at the one that you would believe ideally it should be, and engage in these discussions with hiring managers as you propose. And this can be as easy as putting it on the table. I know this is very tricky, especially if you're not part of the business unit. As easy as putting it on the table before you pitch candidates to say, I filter and look for candidates in this fashion. These are the things that matter to me. I've understood this from your brief, that this is what the business needs. This is what I hear from HR and the company needs and the diversity that we want to build. So this is what's important. And I want us to keep this language as we discuss candidates moving forward. Is that okay? You know, so suggest and bring it to the attention of anybody around you.
2: Nikki? Number three, will I go? You can do number three on the (laughs) other one. I would say don't give up. Because it's a bit scary, right? You're like, oh, everybody wants me to be more diverse, more inclusive. So again, it's starting small. So don't give up. You start small. Back to the building blocks I was talking about earlier. Do small things. And when TA are talking to a talent, they can bring them in and go, look, this is what we started. Things like that can really help the talent acquisition people to um, to bring people in and to actually hire them and make sure that they feel comfortable to join the company. So there you go. Don't give up.
1: Yeah. Okay, what not to do, Tom? What not to do? What not to do?
0: The three no-nos. Goodness me, there's so many. Uh, But as I'm (laughs) contemplating the many that I would like to bring up, I would say the first one, it sounds really basic, but it's don't contribute to shame and blame and hush-hush culture. Whether you are TA, whether you are hiring manager, unhappy about the pool of applicants that you receive from them, especially when it comes to these diversity, equity, inclusion questions that are by nature complicated, which is why if there was an easy solution, we wouldn't be having this conversation, right? Because it's been on the table for a long time. So don't blame and don't hush. If you have a question, ask it. If you want to raise your eyebrow, do so, but then verbalize. If you are suspicious about a certain topic and you disagree, you're also allowed to disagree. This is not a cult. This is not something you get indoctrinated into explore it and explore it on your time it's important that you as the person understand this not learn it as a textbook but get it you know so no blaming and shaming and no hushing.
2: Mm -hmm. um i would be assumed that everything's okay even at the ta assuming that everything's fine that we're a really inclusive company that we've got everything sorted that we've got those building blocks that i talk about that would be assumed that you have everything there. That's it's not going to work very well because at the time it doesn't. It's not there, right? So um, I think assuming things is, is a big thing for me. Tom, you're doing number three.
0: I'm doing. I'm doing the the, the final number three. Yeah. This concerns everybody. Anybody who's an employee is talking about the organization on social media. Uh, A talent acquisition person writing a job spec, a hiring manager putting out a job brief or a company branding itself uh, on its homepage or in social media. And this is something I just want to reiterate it because Nikki mentioned it earlier. Be sure that your shop is in order before you talk about any of this, because otherwise you will engage in tokenization, (laughs) getting tokens You build the faith of your workforce because the up-and-coming generations, they care and they inspect and they will see. And they will see you if it's a farce, if it's not well thought through. That is not to say that you're not allowed to get your feet wet. It doesn't mean that you're not allowed to host a panel. But then it's not a panel of providing answers about the way in which you have implemented this in your company. It's a panel about inviting questions and dialogues and seeking aid, for instance. Right? So talk to the topic. Talk about it. But be sure that your tone, your direction, and your grandeur with which you do so matches how far you've advanced. And I would say it's almost the scientific method. And I'm not saying by a certification from a certification provider. I'm saying has your D, E, I, and B been peer-reviewed? either by your peers in the company? Do they agree Is there consensus? Have you invited a shadow board to give you the real tea? Um, Have you run the right research internally, the opinion research? Um, Have you talked to others that know how this is done and have you listened to them? So don't walk the talk that you have no business talking.
1: We've touched several times on the idea that there could be targets that you're shooting for And you're working towards bringing in the right kind of slate, uh, bringing in the diversity to achieve that. Let's look at it from the flip side. Somebody sitting in the organization and it's kind of the what about me situation. How How do we confront that? And I don't mean in a negative way. I mean, how do we get up front to that? what about me, how come I'm not getting that opportunity? You're bringing in other people because you've got these artificial targets. Is that all tied up in how we communicate or is there, is there something more we should be doing to ensure that we're not perhaps alienating other parts of the organization inadvertently?
2: Could absolutely, be, I mean, that's, sorry, Tom, go on if you want to start. No, please go ahead. I don't mind. Um, Absolutely. I think we did touch on it slightly when we were talking about, um, especially when it's um, gender orientated. So you have a lot of the times it's, oh, we're only hiring women now. What about me? Again, you know, the, the men are saying it a lot. So for me, it, it's something that we spoke a lot about the other day myself and Tom, was this diversity, inclusion and belonging. We focus too much on diversity like you just said. So we're focusing too much on having a diverse workforce without having an inclusive workforce. And that's exactly what you're saying there. It's gone too far sometimes when we're just trying to hire people just to have diverse places or workplaces, but we're not inclusive. So it's exactly that point It needs to be a balance. You can't go over too much diverse and leave inclusion because exactly what you just said, you're going to lose a lot of people <laughs> and you're going to lose their, their faith in you and their, their belonging. So I think that's why maybe the word belonging has come in and maybe diversity will slowly disappear because it should be a place where everyone feels that they can belong, right? Um, and, and that's my thought on it, how, how it's adapting and it's evolving into more belonging for everybody because I think a lot of people have seen that, that oh, they're so maybe you're not a minority, part of minority group and you're just seeing the same thing over and over again and it's very discouraging and you don't want it to work with them so you're not including them so you're losing them so I think a lot of people are, are making that change um, and trying to evolve the topic into something a bit different.
0: I mean if I if I may add to this because I agree with what Nikki is saying any in any sometimes this can feel quite vindictive and I understand this too, people are thinking, okay, I'm a white cisgender man and I will never get a job again because I don't fit the target because there's already too many of me. So how am I supposed to get in now? And I think any time in history that there was a course correction. So maybe look at the stock market every time it goes down, it rebounds back higher. Um, When there was a repression of a certain, um, a certain group in certain instances, the backlash against this and the liberation from it to balance the scales, can tip the scale slightly too high so suddenly they're out of whack again but into the opposite direction. But it's almost necessary for this pendulum to swing and then eventually find um, find equilibrium. To But that's amusing. To me, practically speaking, organizations need to A, find a formulation where they don't make the diversity markers the main hiring criteria. I don't think that's what it's about. It's about Eliminating biases as much as possible, number one for the final decision, and it's ensuring that you have a diverse pool to start with, so that merit and the power of cultural enrichment of the candidate that gets in are the driving forces of your hiring choice,
1: and <laughs> removing the rest basically. You know? I, it, it, you know, you you said it, Nikki, and it's it's almost. And maybe this is an ideal situation. You get to the point where diversity isn't the conversation anymore. Mm. And and we've got a ways to go.
2: Yeah. I think it's going that way because I think that's what people are seeing. They're seeing that it's too much. And you are getting, um, for want of a better word, pissed off, but you're you're making, you know, you are annoying the the other people who feel then that they're, not belonging anymore. So it work for me that way. I always had the same issue having women's conferences, women in sports, especially right? I understand we need to try and find a balance. So coming from sport, we were trying to push women more, which is brilliant, amazing, don't get me wrong. But a lot of the time, and I was working in sport as well, it was women in sport conference this, women in sport conference that, you're not going to get any man to go to that conference and they're the people that you need to talk to, right? You're not going to get them. You're going to get the few who were like, you know, I'll go because for me, it's like, you can't push it too much the other way, because then you lose a hell of a lot of people the other side. Right. So for me, yeah, it has to be about It has to be really thought out and again, back to having your in-house sorted. You can't just go and say something and and try it that way because it's, you're going to lose so many people and you may not recover
1: you know this is obviously the, the the one thing that's so clear about this to me is that this is an ongoing conversation yeah. and p- particularly from the don'ts that the two of you just laid out you, you don't ever really get there and that's okay you yeah. know it's the journey okay. it's it's not the destination because different things happen to you when you're at a destination Tell us a little bit about your podcast so that people can become listeners of what the, the two of you are talking about.
2: Tom, you're always better at uh, <laughs>
1: that. Me, I feel used and abused. Used.
2: <laughs> and I've come off I've come off social media for the last week, so off you go.
0: Fine, I will, I'll, I'll do the deed. So you can find us across all social media. I'm Tom Zam. so I'm predominantly um, on Twitter and on Uh, LinkedIn, uh, Nikki is the same. And we together have been running the Higher Career Podcast because we want other people to speak up about their values and what they believe and in the places that they work because companies have such power to change the lives of so many. We invite experts on the show twice a month to show you how it's done so that you can have an easier time and become an advocate yourself for whatever it is that you believe in, so long as you speak up.
1: I appreciate the time and the thought and the the insight that that you all have brought to this. I've enjoyed it, and I will say I have taken some things away that are going to be very useful to me. Thanks a lot. Thank you for having us. Special thanks to our episode sponsor, Procidian Consulting, helping forward-thinking clients solve problems and improve operations. Look them up at www.procidian.com. For more information about your host, look me up on LinkedIn under Michael Yinger. We look forward to sharing with you the mile-wide field of talent acquisition. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast to get notification when an episode is posted. We'll see you the next time.